1: welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend as we join you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. The Indians in the midst of a series against the Detroit Tigers as part of their opening homestand of 2021. And a little bit later on in our program, we will hear from Indians starting pitcher Logan Allen, who pitched really well in the home opener despite taking a loss to Kansas City. We will also visit with Mike Sarbaugh, Indians third base coach and infield instructor, who will fill us in on on some of the work being done by a new first baseman in Yu Chang and a, a seasoned shortstop, but very young in the game in Andres Jimenez. And we'll finish with a chat with Dan Otero, the former Indians pitcher who's now a part of the indians front office as an assistant to baseball operations we'll talk to dan about his transition into that role that's all coming up later on in our show but first a look at the week gone by for the indians and for the tribe it began on monday with an opening day home opener lost to kansas city by a final score of 3-0 on a day where danny duffy and the royals bullpen was just too much to handle for the Tribe. After an off day Tuesday, the Indians got back on the winning track in the series finale against the Royals with a 4-2 win. The Tribe had their ace on the mound, Shane Bieber, and he was racking up the strikeouts early. No
0: score in the third, a runner on, two down. The two-strike offering, Santana, swings and misses. Chase the fastball away. And Bieber has struck out six in the first three innings.
1: Now, Salvador Perez did connect on a fourth-inning solo home run to put the Royals up 1-0, but Bieber went right back to work after the home run. Shane Bieber working quickly, shift on
0: the third-base side of the infield, and a swing and a miss on the high heat. Elevated it, and that is strikeout victim number 10. 17 times already in his young career, Shane Bieber has
1: struck out 10 or more. Then in the bottom half of the sixth inning, the Jose Ramirez show would begin as he came to the plate with a runner on. Now the set by the right-hander and the 0-1. Swung on, hit high, deep
0: to right. It's got a chance. Gone for Jose Ramirez. You don't see many. Hit a home run foul and in the same at bat, hit a home run. But that's what Jose just did his first home run of the year. And boy, did the Indians need that. This Kansas City bullpen, which has been so good, has given up the lead here in the sixth on a two out, towering two run home run to right by Jose Ramirez.
1: More on Ramirez in a moment. But in the seventh inning, Kansas City battled back. Nicky Lopez with an RBI single tied the game at two. But James Karinchek got through the seventh. And then in the eighth, Emmanuel Classe was impressive. The pitch to Soler. Swing and a miss. He struck it out on a slider. It
0: was down out of the strike zone and he got Soler to chase it. So a strong 1-2-3 inning for Emmanuel Classe. And the Indians and
1: Royals stay tied at two in the middle of the eighth. Then in the bottom of the eighth, Ben Gamble reached with a leadoff walk, and then Jose Ramirez did it again.
0: Ramirez, slightly open stance. Holland comes set. Runner goes, pitches, swung in and ripped! Deep right field! Goal! Nine foot wall and right. It's Jose Ramirez, four, and Kansas City, two. His first career hit off Greg Holland, and it's a two-run homer on a line shot to right. 17th time in Jose Ramirez's career that he has had a multiple homer game. A couple of two-run homers to right today by Jose Ramirez, and that ball got out of here in a heartbeat.
1: And in the ninth, it was Nick Whitgren looking to lock down the first save of the season. Whitgren may get beat occasionally, but he won't beat himself. He'll throw
0: strikes. The 0-2 pitch. A swing and a high drive, deep left center. Back is Rosario near the wall. Makes the catch! Ball game! Rosario and Gamble almost collided near the wall in deep left center. Well, the Indians ride the pair of two-run homers from Jose Ramirez. And again, outstanding pitching by the Indians and beat the Royals
1: Four to two. After the game, Shane Bieber talked about his night and the big night for Jose Ramirez.
2: He's a gamer, man.
3: Um, it's yeah, I know what you're saying, like turn it on, but it, it never turns off. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, he, whether it's going on, he's the same guy, and, and he brings that same energy, and that's why we rely on him so much. Not just you know physically, but um you know as a leader in the clubhouse the way he goes about everything uh really can't say enough about the guy and he comes up in in big moments like he did today and uh, that's why he's our guy
0: I know one of your goals is to get deeper into games this year um and that was the first time I think you got over 100 pitches just how frustrating was it that you couldn't get out of the seventh
3: uh yeah yeah I was frustrated um
0: I uh I thought
3: I made execute pitches all day today. Uh, everything felt good, and I stayed aggressive, and I um, really had a, an opportunity there to, uh, you know, potentially get through eight if I have a quick seventh there. But, uh, you know, it is what the game ended in, uh, in our favor, and, and that's really all that matters. So um, on to the next one.
1: Another off day for the Tribe on Thursday, and then they opened a three-game weekend series with a 4-1 win over the Tigers on Friday night. In the first inning, the Indians got the scoring started thanks to a hustle play from Eddie Rosario. Now the 1-1. Swung on a bouncing ball to the second baseman.
0: Goodrum whirls to second one. Relay by Castro. Not in time. Eddie Rosario hustling down the line to avoid being doubled up. A.J. Hinch may want to have a review on this. He's holding his hand up right now. Rosario, the runner in first. Two down with a fielder's choice. And no review in the score is Ahmed Rosario. So the double play ball
1: was nearly turned to get the Tigers out of the inning. That not only allowed a run to score, but it set things up for Franmil Reyes. Reyes is played slightly toward left and deep in the
0: Tiger outfield. The pitch... Swung on and hammered, deep right field, away, back, gone! A third of the way up the bleachers and left for Fran Mill Reyes. And the Indians have a 3-0 lead on the Reyes bomb to left. That is his second home run of the campaign. And Derek Holland, short notice in getting this start has given up three runs on three base hits.
1: Meanwhile, on the mound, Zach Pleszak had his A game going. Zach Pleszak has already thrown 17
0: change-ups tonight, 18 sliders, 29 fastballs, seven curveballs. So he's used all of his weapons, kept the Tigers off balance. Now the 2-2, and it got him looking. Good slider, and out for out number one is Nico Goodrum. Plesak has now retired nine in a row, and that's his sixth strikeout. And in the bottom of the sixth inning, Reyes would come through again. Fred Mill Reyes with that two-run homer to the bleachers in left in the first to second bomb of the year. The pitch swung on hammer deep center field it's got a chance gone beyond the evergreens and over that wall into heritage park you better have a mighty big tape measure for that puppy four nothing indians on a line drive home run into heritage park in center field and Grandmill Reyes with a couple of bombs tonight. His ninth career multi-homer game. He got a mid 90s fastball and folks, it was like a
1: cannon shot out of here. And then Pleisac finished off his dominant night in the 7th. The One thing about Pleisac, for the most
0: part his velo's been consistent between 90 and 92. And he's used all four pitches very effectively. And he is sitting here at 96 pitches in the seventh inning with six strikeouts, no walks. He kicks and delivers. And it's swung on another weak ground ball to short. Jimenez will throw him out. What a job by Zach Plisak tonight. You know his night is done, but what a night it was. He made 97 pitches tonight. He goes seven shutout innings, and he gives up three measly singles. It's stretch time at the corner of Carnegie and Ontario with a score, Cleveland
1: three, Detroit nothing. The Tigers got a run in the eighth inning off of Brian Shaw to break up the shutout bid, but in the ninth, it was Emmanuel Classe on to close the door. Classe, is
0: 14th pitch of the inning. Swing! miss ball game struck him out with a back foot slider and Emmanuel class has his second ever major league save and the Indians had brilliant pitching tonight starting with Zach please four to one Indians dominate the Tigers
1: So not a bad week going for the Tribe, heading into play on Saturday night against the Tigers. They also play the Tigers Sunday afternoon at Progressive Field to close out the homestand. Stay with us. When we continue, we'll hear from Indian starting pitcher Logan Allen. That's next. As Tribe Talk presented by Progressive continues. (laughs) Bodega, 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 Alpha and Omega.
4: Siamese sailors sell celery sandwiches. A wing about a serving platter. Hey, Jamie.
3: Yes. Uh, did uh, Did you want to try reading that line on the
4: script there? Oh yeah. Let's see. Uh, you could say big when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive. That one. Yes. Yeah. No. I'm just not warmed up yet. Shouldn't be long.
0: La <laughs> la la! Detector
4: test. Indecent
0: bundle out. your home auto and auto with progressive, progressive today.
4: The Marmot mangled by Mushu pork pancake.
0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates.
1: Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse, along with you this weekend from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Great to have you with us for a little baseball talk on the radio, leading into the Indians' ball game with the Tigers on Saturday night, a 6:10 first pitch, and they also play the Tigers at 1:10 Sunday afternoon. And there are still tickets available. I know there's some varying thoughts and uh, information out there, but there are tickets available for the weekend, and actually for each game, the remainder of the month of April. Even with the restrictions, uh, the Indians are selling tickets at Indians.com and also the Ballpark app. And this weekend, those games against the Tigers feature the Magnet Schedule Giveaway, presented by our friends at Progressive. Logan Allen got the start in the home opener on Monday, pitched well despite taking a loss, and that's a continuation of earning a job in the rotation with a tremendous spring training Allen, coming off an up and down season a year ago where he spent much of the year at the indians alternate site when we caught up with him during the spring he said the biggest key for him was not wasting any time getting to work after the 2020 season ended
2: yeah it, i mean it wasn't a, a recommendation the indians um didn't recommend it because they didn't have a chance to i came to them immediately the morning after the season ended i uh asked Uh, Chris, uh, Sherney and and Tito that uh, if I had the ability to to use the facilities this offseason, honestly I want, my first question to them was can I go down to Goodyear tomorrow, like when we left and immediately start doing that instructional league here where they were having prospects and games. I had asked to go down there and pitch. I wanted to get 20, 20, 25 more innings in. Um, Unfortunately, the MLB um, wasn't allowing the 40 man guys to do that unless they're rehabbing. So I wasn't able to do that. So I said, okay, well, you know, when does that end? And it ended in two weeks, two and a half weeks from the date I had come back to, uh, that the season was over. So I said, well, can I start going out to coming out, uh, to Goodyear and using the facilities and working and all that stuff there? And they said, yeah, absolutely. So I, um, you know, I wasn't able to go home to North Carolina to see my, my brother, um because you know he's on 24-hour nursing and with COVID it was it was was too much of a scare for me even though I I haven't seen him in over a year now because of COVID and baseball and everything um too much of a scare to me to fly home and to be having to go outside and work out or go to a park and run and stuff and just risk bringing it home so I uh it, it actually this was this was the one off season where it really worked out perfectly to be here in Goodyear
1: what about twenty twenty? Got you to that decision at the end of the year to to take all these steps to to be in Phoenix and and near Goodyear.
2: Honestly, it was I just had like a, a taste in my mouth. Like I just wanted more. I had gotten to, towards the end of the season, and we I had really come a long way with a lot of the the changes and things we were trying to develop. And I was just like, I want more. I want to get better and better and better and better. And that's exactly what I did. It was. Uh, lap. my last outing of the year against Pittsburgh was, was, was really good. And a lot of the things I had worked on started to click. And once it started to click, I'm like, I just want to keep going. I want to keep refining and making everything better and better and better and better. So that when I came in this year, it wasn't just, oh, you had one good outing at the end of the year. Okay, you still got stuff to work on. No, I day one bullpen, it looked like I was ready to pitch game seven in the World Series. It was this guy stuffs electric. This guy is really did, took did everything he possibly needed to, to put him in the best position from the losing weight standpoint to the um, the mechanics to the learning learning about certain movements, consistency, delivery, pitch, uh, pitch, you know, shapes, and it, it was unbelievable how much I accomplished this offseason.
1: That's Logan Allen, and man, you listen to him talking. And- and uh, you really feel good for the kid because he worked extremely hard in the offseason, but you, you really feel like there's some good potential in there to have a big season. We'll see how it pans out, but he's certainly off to a good start and looking forward to that next start early next week. Mike Sarbaugh is the Indians' third base coach and infield instructor, and we'll talk to him about some infield instructing when we continue a Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network.
0: To cheer in year after year. Who's got the ballpark the best is all right here? Who's got the fans? There's so much cleveland pride. Who's talking baseball? baseball. talking tribe. We're talking baseball. baseball. Talkin' tribe. Nobody plays the, the tribe.
1: Welcome back to Tribe Talk. in Rosenhouse back with you. Talking baseball on the radio from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Great to have you with us. Mike Sarbaugh has been with the ball club for quite some time now as a part of the Indians coaching staff. Most recently as their third base coach and infield instructor. He's worked with some really good infielders along the way. And uh, he has a, a project this year at first base as Yu Chang is trying to learn the position after a career on the middle of the diamond and also at third base for the Indians. But Chang has shown well defensively at third base in the early season. And uh, Mike Sarbaugh says it's uh, pleasing to see how Chang has responded to a new challenge over at first base.
3: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, he's looked really good over there. The the transition went a lot quicker than I expected. He put a lot of work in at first base in spring training. Um, but right from the start, uh, I just had a real good feeling about him being able to pick it up and you know, he's he's looked very comfortable over there, uh, you know, a lot of the positioning. And I think sometimes at first base you forget there are a lot of responsibilities and he's, he's picked things up really well. So, uh, you know, I've been really happy. And, you know, I think the work he put in with not only me, but having Andy Tracy help me during spring training um, was really, really uh, benefited him.
1: From the, the catching standpoint, balls in the dirt, short hops, things like that. How much of a benefit does that experience at, at second, third, and short for him, and, and the hands that he developed there, come into play now that he's over at first base a, a fair amount of time?
3: Well, the one thing you always always he's always has he's had great hands. Uh, fundamentally, he's very sound uh, defensively. Uh, just you know, with his fielding mechanics. So that part of first base, I. I I expected that to come pretty easy to him, uh, but the picks in the dirt, like you said, when throws coming from different angles in the infield, and just to position his body in the in, in the correct way to uh, take those throws, he's really he's really good job. And sometimes that's kind of the hardest transition for uh, someone new to that position. But he's picked it up really quickly. Um, you know, I think the the the, the most difficult part of Of The transition for him has been responsibilities on balls hit to the outfield. Um, You know, just ball hit to left center field, right center field, what's his responsibilities, base hit to center. You know, just all those things that come into play, those are probably been uh, the most difficult thing for him to pick up. But, you know, he's learning, and uh, uh, he's been doing a great job.
1: The value of good defense at first base. Uh, It seems like in a lot of cases – uh, maybe if someone has a a good you know they're they're strong offensively you say I ah, just throw them over there at first base they'll be fine. But you were when you played you were a shortstop. What what's the value of having someone over there who can really play the position well?
3: Well I think any any time you you feel good about uh you know that the first baseman being able to you know when you throw a ball a little bit low in the dirt and having that comfort of Knowing that that person is going to, most of the time, pick you up, it gives you a good sense. Uh, uh, it just frees you up because you can play um, a little bit more relaxed, especially on the throws to the bag. That you don't always feel like you have to hit them in the chest. So having someone over there uh, like you uh, gives you know it just frees up the infielders and. And I think you've seen it early on. You know, I, I remember there was a throw. I think Jose threw one a little bit low, and you picked him up. And I just think that just gives confidence to all the infielders.
1: And, uh, Mike, we talked about Yu Chang's transition over to first base on a on a regular basis before the break. You're working with a new shortstop this season, a young kid, Andres Jimenez, who in spring training really looked good at short. And, and what have your impressions of him been now that you've had a chance to spend some time with him and work with him?
3: Yeah, I mean, very, very advanced defensively at a young age, uh, has very good hands, uh, you know, gets really good reads off the bat. Um, you know, he's still learning, uh, I think, anytime at 22 you know, you're still going to be learning each day, and, and he's very coachable, uh, which is which is huge. And, uh, you know, I can't uh, say enough of the work he's put in and just a lot of the things that we've worked on in spring training that he continues to do today.
1: And what are some of those areas that, that you see potentially down the road that, that he's trying to get to that could really raise his level defensively?
3: Uh, well, I think initially we noticed that he he would play a little shallow at short. So, you know, kind of you try to get the the shortstop to play as close to the cut of the grass to make sure you he's getting the the, the range the most range we can get out of them. So, we would we noticed he was playing a couple steps in on the dirt. So, he's getting comfortable playing a little deeper and make sure he's be able to you know use the lateral range to both uh, both sides um and I think he's he's starting to pick up on that and feels a lot more comfortable so we're hoping that's going to increase his range
1: personally you're back out on the field during games now as as the third base coach after uh, spending a good period of time last year in the dugout helping out with Sandy Alomar when when Tito had to be away from the team due to health issues. Uh, what's it like being back out there and and doing what you have done for for quite some time?
3: Yeah, it feels good. I think the one thing last year of uh, starting out at third base with uh, with with having no fans that it, there was a big difference. Um, when I moved to the bench, I didn't notice it as much. So, being back out, out there and and hearing the crowd and seeing fans, uh, you know, it, it does it, it feels like we're getting in the moving in the right direction of getting back to some normalcy, but it's good to be back out there.
1: The cardboard cutouts didn't uh, heckle you at all. Nothing like that.
3: Well, they did give me some, some uh, funny stares, but uh, (laughs) no heckling.
1: (laughs) Oh, weird times, huh? A year ago for sure. Well, Mike, thanks a lot for the insight on on a couple of different players on that infield. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll catch up with you soon.
3: All right. Thanks for having me on Rosie.
1: That's Indians third base coach and infield instructor Mike Sarbaugh, bringing us up to date on uh, some of the work being done by some of the infielders in the early season. Stay with us. When we come back, we'll hear from a former Indians pitcher. Now on the other side, on the baseball upside. it's Dan Otero. He'll be our guest when we conclude Tribe Talk after this timeout.
0: Indians have three infielders between first and second. Santana holding Lucroy at first. Two to 2-1 Texas. Pitch hit on the ground into the shift. Lindor the shortstop to second one. Ramirez turns the inning-ending ending double play. A 6-5-3 double play and Dan Otero
1: just keeps getting huge outs. Jim Rosenhouse back with you on Tribe Talk as we wrap up our show with a fun interview with Dan Otero. Outstanding major league career for Otero. He carved out a niche in In middle relief for several different clubs, but the last four seasons primarily of his career spent with the Indians at a time when the Indians had some great success. And he is now a part of the Indians front office as an assistant to baseball operations. A lot of that includes advanced scouting at the major league level. And uh, when we caught up with Danny O earlier this week, he talked about his new role as part of the Indians front office.
4: Um, yeah it was a relatively big decision you know kind of changing paths in my career and life but uh, very happy to be hired on by the front office here because they've done such a great job over the years in establishing a a winning organization and a positive culture Um, so in the short term I'm kind of helping out with some big league um, advanced scouting Um, so currently I'm looking at the White Sox series, which is a week ahead. So it's quite different than as a player when you're kind of always in the day-to-day looking at that next day or that current day and just trying to take it day at a time. Whereas now I'm already looking ahead, sometimes one or two series, sometimes even three series. So it is uh, that's quite the change from a mindset perspective, for sure.
1: And to get involved on the front office side, was it you reaching out to the Indians or or did they seek you out when they learned that, that your playing career was over
4: um a little bit of both every um when i played i'd always kind of had an inclination that i wanted to get back into baseball so i would always talk with you know chris and Journey, like i'm gonna i'm I'm gonna hit you guys up when i'm done playing and they were always like please do um so when i kind of decided that i was done playing i reached out to some people i knew in front offices and uh it just was an organic fit being able to uh work with these guys since I knew them so well from as a player. So it's been kind of a seamless transition. I'm very happy right now.
1: Dan Otero joining us assistant for baseball operations now for the Cleveland Indians, former Indians reliever and and last year Dan, you know, it's interesting we we're talking beforehand. Uh you decided that that the playing career was done. Explain the the circumstances as you were in Yankees camp and as such an odd year for everybody and how did that odd year impact you very directly?
4: Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a strange year, obviously, outside of the baseball world as well, and it still is a strange year. <laughs> Continue, and hopefully we get back to some normalcy soon. But, yeah, when spring training ended abruptly in March, we were in Tampa, and then uh, when summer camp opened back up in June, I believe, um, went out to Yankee Stadium and uh ended up not making the ball club and it was just kind of like my family was not with me and I didn't know when I was gonna see them again and I was kind of having a tough time getting ready every day anyway with my arm and body so I just kind of decided to spend some time with my family um and after a couple weeks I knew I'd made the right decision and after about a month or so I was kind of like, all right I might even gonna try again next year and started looking for the next chapter
1: for some that's a, a tough decision but it, it- doesn't sound like that was for you. A fairly simple, the way it all shook out. I mean, it, it,
4: I'd, lie, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't a tough decision. Because anytime you end something that you've been doing for so long, it not only affects you, but it affects your family and it affects people that have helped you get all the way to that point. So it was a very big decision, very tough decision. I'm hoping it was the right one. But um, yeah, I mean, I think I'm I'm at peace. Family's at peace. So that's a that's a positive.
1: Parts of eight years in the major leagues, four years with the Indians, and you show up in 2016 at spring training. And if I remember correctly, I know I wouldn't say your career was at a crossroads, but you were. You needed to make that ball club and and uh, impress in that spring training. Take us back to to 2016 and where you were in your career. What was that? Maybe not a make or break spring training for you, but certainly one that that was very very important.
4: Yeah, no, I definitely viewed it as kind of a make or break. Um, Because in 15, I had a really down year after pretty good years in 13 and 14. And I had no options left. And I kind of bounced around the waiver wire in the offseason. So when I got picked up by the Indians um, in spring training, they basically told me, you know, we're going to give you every opportunity to show what you can do. And I think I threw like 15 innings in spring training, which is somewhat unheard of for a reliever. But um, I. I'm hoping I show, I guess I showed enough to where I made the ball club. I was very thankful for that. And then, um, yeah, the four years there was, uh, was really, really fun for me and my family. and We had some good, uh, some really, really neat and good experiences.
1: I'm guessing there's some obvious ones, but, uh, highlights of, of your time <laughs> with the Indians. I mean, it seems pretty simple, but, but maybe you look at things differently. What do you think? Um,
4: I, I mean, obviously 16 season was special, you know, being able to, Get all the way to the World Series, but being able to back it up in '17 with winning the division, the 22-game win streak, and again in '18 winning the division, you know, the, that's that's very special because it's not you shouldn't take it lightly. Being able to win your division, and then at the same time, our family grew from, you know, two or, or three three girls at the time, but they grew up kind of in Cleveland. And watching them grow and enjoy the city and enjoy the different kids on the team, that was also a very fun and neat experience for me because it was a group of players that had a lot of kids. And so it was just a very family-oriented atmosphere all the way around, something I'll always remember.
1: And a a lot of the coaching staff, and certainly manager Terry Francona, is still here. uh, Have you had much contact with them in your new position already? And, And what has that been like kind of being on their side of things now?
4: Um, I haven't had too much interaction with them yet. I um, texted with him a few times, but um, part of part of my responsibilities is doing the uh, – helping out the manager report. So what I'm trying to do is put words in that he doesn't understand. <laughs> but he he actually is somewhat – he is very, very, very smart. So it's, I'm, I'm finding it difficult, but I'm definitely trying my hardest to uh, make him look at the reports on the wall be like, wait a minute. what That doesn't make any sense.
1: And is that just part of baseball right there? Is that, is that kind of what keeps you going in this game sometimes?
4: Yeah, I mean, just the relationships you make throughout your career and throughout your life, you know, it makes it fun. And, you know, that that's what makes this part of this job fun too. You get to poke fun at people.
1: All right, so you're you're working on the White Sox for next week. Uh, before we let you go, any, anything jumping out that uh, you can preview us on? A little uh, advance?
4: Well, I mean, they have a new manager in the dugout that's been away for, for, for quite some time, but a lot of the players are the same. Um, so I think it's going to be, you know, similar similar stuff to I think what our fans have seen, which is also exciting that the fans are actually back in the stands. It's been fun watching the games on uh, TV with uh, some noise in the background this year.
1: I know so much of, of this last year has allowed people to work remotely, and, and you're able to do that right now. Uh, any thoughts of trying to, to move it, move your family here to Cleveland if things go well in this role?
4: Uh, obviously, no idea yet. Just going back to my playing days right now and taking it day by day. <laughs> and, uh, we'll address, I'm sure, anything that comes up as, as this progresses. But right now, I'm just trying to help out any way I can and hoping to get up to Cleveland at some point this year once all these uh, protocols get lifted and able to see some of the guys and coaches in the clubhouse. So we'll see.
1: Well, Dan, it's great to see your name pop up when they were announcing some new hires for baseball operations. Uh, Knowing you as a player, I think that that smarts will certainly help on the the baseball side too, and and certainly be a nice addition to the Indians. And thanks so much for sharing some time with us today. I
4: appreciate that, Rosie. Thank you.
1: That's former Indians pitcher and now front office man, Dan Otero, trying to get used to everything on the other side of things, but uh, I'm going to guess he'll transition extremely well, and who knows where it will lead down the road. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Tribe Talk. Thanks so much for tuning in, and as always, thanks to Brian Motze for helping to put together our show back at our network studios. Until next week, when we join you once again from Progressive Field, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network.
0: When we win, so catch Indian Beaver. Beaver Bears slightly open stance. Holland comes set. Runner goes. Pitch is swung in and ripped deep right field. Go! A two. It's Jose Ramirez, four, and Kansas City, two. Brad Mill Reyes with that two-run homer to the bleachers in left in the first to second bomb of the year. The pitch, swung on, Hammer. deep center field. It's got a chance. Gone! Beyond the Evergreens and over that wall into Heritage Park. You better have a mighty big tape measure for that puppy. 4-0 Indians on a line drive home run into Heritage Park in Center Field. Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance.